Hello and welcome to Publish Me, a monthly podcast series from the AS21 Podcast Network, production of AS21 Audio, part of AS21 Media, LLC. I'm your host, AS21 publisher, Keith F. Shelton, and joining me as always is... Hello everyone, this is Paul Degason russell the author of The Will the Magi. I hope you're all doing well, hope you all enjoy the wonderful Thanksgiving, I hope the upcoming holidays treat you all well and warmly and happily. If this is your first time joining us, this is a podcast where we explore the publishing process of the fantasy epic, The Will of the Magi. Uh, regularly, we have on Paul, the author of The Will of the Magi. Lately, we've had as well Rana Gaynor, the designer of the cover art. Unfortunately, she couldn't. we had some technical issues with Rana. She couldn't make it this month. And then, of course, we have regular guests, including frequent guest editor Corey Parker. But it'll be just me and Paul this month. This is chapter 33 of the Published Podcast, and we welcome back guest Carolyn O'Neill, but this time we are talking about making a book fair, as she was the organizer of the recent Charlottesville Book Fair in Charlottesville, Virginia, on Saturday, November 18th. So Carolyn will be on in just a couple minutes. First, we have a very urgent thing we need to discuss. November was National Novel Writing Month. Paul took the challenge. I need to know, Paul, am I buying drinks or are you? You are, sir. Oh! Ah, I knew it! Ah! He said he was going to try to write 125,000 words in a month. So we took the bet over under 75,000. I bet the under. Because I figured something would get in the way. How many words did you write? I have uh, 77,300 Let me guess. November 29th, you were at like 74. I'm like, I, I need to get. <laughs> I was, I, that last week I was cramming because I did have like the first week I lost like three days. And then halfway in the month, my mom had hip surgery. So I lost four days there. But, you know, I had a bunch of days where I was like between five and 10,000 words written. So. It worked out really well for me. The goal is right now, since I think I can wrap up in about another 50, 60,000 words, I'm going to try and wrap it up by the end of the year, and hopefully I can do that. You know, Luckily for me, I have a lot of free time this month, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, Yeah, that's one thing to remember. Even if you don't finish before the end of the month, you still started something. You still have those words done. It doesn't disappear. Your book did not turn into a pumpkin at midnight on November 30th. It is still there. You still have that. Even if you didn't finish it, that doesn't mean you can't keep writing. So Paul, he beat my self-imposed goal. But even though he didn't reach his original goal, he still did great. 77,000 words written in a month. Wow, most people, I mean, the NaNoWriMo challenge is 50,000 words. So he beat the NaNoWriMo challenge by 27,000 words. Whew, that's a lot of writing. Yeah, it could have been more had I had the whole month, but yeah, that's for next year. Yeah, because as we talked when we recorded last month's episode, you hadn't started yet. No. And had you started by the time it posted on November 7th? 
Yes, I had started by that point. Okay. Okay, because, yeah, we do record a little bit before we uh we actually post. Yeah. We we have tried in the past recording the day before we post. That does not go well. So we, oh. we try to give our producers that Cohen a little bit more time to get the editing done. Because, yeah, we need editing work. <laughs> And of course, this is just writing that you've done. This is not obviously ready for publication immediately. This is something where it will need to go through editing and review. And you had some idea for artwork and different things and all stuff to go from there. And of course, I heard from Corey. He is working on the manuscript for The Will of the Magi. He just finished up the third Hive book. So that'll be coming out on December 22nd. So now his focus is on your book. And then, of course, we signed another author, Tommy Reynolds, author of The Game, America and Baseball, Growing Up Together. That's a tentative title. So Corey's got his plate full with a lot of sumptuous reading. And, of course, he worked with other members of the editorial staff on that. But for The Will of the Magi, we are a few chapters in now. The first chapter is available as part of the 2017 AS21 Annual, which came out back in October. So progress is being made. We're aiming towards, hopefully, an early 2018 release. And then paperback mm -hmm. and hardcover copies. So did you have time for anything else this past month? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was kind of, you know, on my days off, it was kind of, oh, good, let's write all day today. Yeah. Sit down my computer and start pounding away at everything I was trying to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I hear you. I my month was chock full of events because we had, well, we had Veterans Day and after the last event, and we had a, a guest in town. But then we had the Job Fun Fair in Arlington where we exhibited, and author Thomas P. Atheridge joined me for that. Author of uh, American Presidents of War and former guest of the podcast. Then on Saturday the 18th, we went down to Charlottesville for the Charlottesville Book Festival. And you'll hear more about that in our conversation with Carolyn. Then following week was Thanksgiving. And I was at my in-law's house in Chester, which is just south of Richmond, Virginia. And I ended up using my time when I was down there to do a pair of book crawls. Well, one was a book crawl and the other was kind of a more of a sputter. On the day after Thanksgiving, I did a Richmond book crawl where I visited five Richmond bookstores and one historic site. And I was able to go to started the day at Fountain Bookshop in downtown Richmond and talked with the owner there about uh, carrying AS21 books, doing events, any sort of partnership that we could do. Then walked from there over to the American Civil War Museum at the old Tredegar Iron Works on the river and was able to stop by their gift shop there and drop off a copy of American Presidents at War. But then I also stopped by the Iron Works National Park Service station and there was a little bit of trivia that has been holding me up on writing one of the books in my Millennial Row series, specifically the book for Want of a Nickel, which is set in Richmond. The Tredegar Ironworks was one of the few things not burned when the Confederate troops on their way out of Richmond, when the Union troops were coming in, burned the city to keep the Union from getting any supplies, but they did not burn the ironworks. So it actually survived the war unscathed until the 1950s. 
And I decided that for my book, I wanted as one of the details that kind of set the story going was the fire at the Tredegar Ironworks. And I could not find anywhere that listed how extensive the fire was, or more specifically, the date that the fire occurred. I found two different books that referenced two different dates. So I was able to stop by the National Park Station there, and they gave me the exact date and information about the fire. That And what's funny is one book said 1952, one said 1955. It was February 1956. And they gave me the newspaper article about it. So I didn't have to go searching through the microfilm at the Library of Congress trying to find the information. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And then from there, I visited the Richmond Bookshop, which is a newer store, but it's all used books and records. Then Black Swan Books, which is antique books. Then Chop Suey, which is more... It's used and new mixed with an event space. And then my final stop was Book People in the Fan District of Richmond, which I had actually did a, a book signing there back in 2012. So it was nice going back and visit. And they have a new ownership. I got to meet the new owner. And they're about to close, actually, for a renovation. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So then for Saturday, my I was going to do a Petersburg book crawl. And the first bookstore was closed. The second bookstore was listed as an adult bookstore. And when I got there, the smallest word on the sign was books. So <laughs> stay away from that. Then I went to Petersburg National Historic Site, the battlefield. Then I tried to visit Virginia State University campus, but I should have thought that one through. All closed and literally the gates were locked, were chained shut for Thanksgiving break. And then I ended with visiting Pamplin National Historic Site, the National Museum of the American Civil War Soldier. So visited their store and spoke to the staffer there and was able to leave a copy of American President's War. So at least I visited historical sites and hopefully you can get copies of Tom Atherton's book on the shelf at those historic sites. There you go. And then our most recent event, just a week before this episode drops, we launched our annual Hashtag give a book campaign. And this year we're doing events, getting you out to walls of books in Washington, D.C. to hopefully connect you with some great books and help you with your holiday shopping. Because when you're thinking of your family, when you're thinking of your friends, why not give a book? So last week we had literary game night where we were playing a Cards Against Humanity style game called Bring Your Own Book, where people were able to select books from the shelves and then you were to basically complete the phrase using something you find in your book. We actually did two rounds of that. It went really well. Then next week, the day after this episode airs, we will be having Poetry Open Mic, hosted by a historian creative and poet, Bianca Palmazano. Then right. next week, the 15th, we will have a panel discussion, World War One Stories, Featuring A.S. Torgman creatives Thomas P. Atheridge, author of American Presidents at War, Philip J. Sipkov, author of Escape from Destiny, a biographical sketch of, of Captain George E. Prujan, who was a Russian soldier in World War I, who was a Tsarist supporter, so he had to flee across Siberia when the Tsar fell from power and eventually came to the United States. 
and also featuring from the Library of Congress, Margaret Wagner, author of America in the Great War, the authoritative guide released this year, the centennial commemoration of America's entry in the war. So we'll be discussing World War One stories. We're also hoping to have someone participate from Howard University, since the bookstore is right off of that campus. But as of recording, that hasn't happened yet. And then we wrap up the campaign on December 22nd for Sci-Fi Night, where we will have a story with creative James D. King releasing Hive, A Matter of Gravity, the third book in the Hive series. will be coming out in ebook and paperback. And we will be having a cosplay contest. Anyone can come out to Walls of Books, dress as their favorite sci-fi character, whether it be literary sci-fi or movie or television. It's all good. Come on out and we'll have prizes for the winners. So... A lot of good reasons to get you to come out to the bookstore. We'll be live streaming the events on the 8th, 15th, and 22nd. And hopefully you visit your local bookstore and find a gift for the ones you love. Because when you're thinking of your loved ones, why not give a book? <laughs> so, I should say, if you want to reach out to us, you can always find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash publishpodcast, on Twitter at publishpodcast, or email publishpodcast at as21.com. That's AOIS21.com. This podcast comes to you every month on Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn, and our home on the web, audio.as21.com. You heard that right. It's now audio.as21.com. We were lumping too much together in media, so we split it out. All the podcasts are under audio. All the video series are under video. So without further ado, let's get along to our interview with Carolyn O'Neill, who previously was on discussing crowdfunding because she crowdfunded her fiction work, Kingsley. And she will be on talking about the Charlottesville Book Festival and her new children's book, Terry and the Monster Beaters. So we'll be right back after that interview with Carolyn. All right, now we welcome to Chapter 33 of the Publish Me Podcast, welcoming back a previous guest, Carolyn O'Neill, author of the novel Kingsley and the new children's book, Terry and the Monster Beaters. She recently invited us down to Charlottesville for the hopefully first annual Charlottesville Book Festival. So welcome to the show, Carolyn. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, so it's very nice of you to have us down. I think we came the farthest of all the people taking part in the book fair, from what I could tell with talking some with some of the others there. You, you may have. I think we had people from Williamsburg, Richmond, but you may be the farthest. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for thinking of us, and thank you for not only including us, but putting us right up there in front, the second table in. So... Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's good to have friends in high places, right? <laughs> well, I'm thinking of it more as you being in the high places, the person running the book <laughs> festival. <laughs> so I have to ask, as we start this discussion, what brought about the idea for creating this book festival? And, uh, Charlottesville already has a festival for the book in March. So what brought That's about the right. idea for this festival here in November? Well, um, Charlottesville is an extraordinarily literary community. You know, there's a, I say that you can't throw a stick without hitting a writer. And um, the Festival of the Book is a wonderful event, but it is in March. And I just thought that it would be nice to have something closer to the holidays. 
and my little book fair was specifically for local, regional, statewide authors to sell their books. It wasn't as much as, you know, the festival of the book. They have lunches, they have breakfasts, they have panels. Um, ours was just a one-day fair. And so it was just a, a kind of a, a smaller event. Now, technically, we, we did have a fair in 2016 at Ryder House, but uh, we only had 12 authors, and the main complaint was that it was too small. Hmm. And so that's the reason we decided to expand it and go for a larger location. And that's when the larger location meant that we needed a larger budget, and so we I went to the Blue Ridge chapter of the Virginia Writers Club to see if they would sponsor us. And indeed they did and picked up the tab for renting city space. And, uh, and then it went on from there. And the response from the authors was overwhelming. We ended up having a waiting list. And I think we had a, a really fun day. And I learned some things as well, uh, things that, that we did right with the fair and things that needed to be improved and and that's all you know so that's a good thing just like any good uh, writer there has to be an editing process and you know and you know you have to listen to editing suggestions and that's true with running a fair as well that's true for everything everything that's (laughs) right you know if you cannot listen to advice then go hide under the bed or something because that's life. You know, <laughs> you need to take the good yep. with the bad. <laughs> so, and I think what we learned this time, the things that we, I did well, I think, that was um, getting a sponsor, the Writers Club, and starting early. We started contacting authors like March, and so that we were of time for them to get in their information. They sent in their book information to me and and bios and pictures and book covers so that uh, we could put out promotional material with this information and have a big social media push with it. And, and I think everybody was quite satisfied with the social media aspect of our advertising. Absolutely. All right, so what would you say was the hardest thing that you had to do in when first starting out with planning this book festival? I think that finding the space was tricky. Finding a place with parking, good parking that was accessible, that wasn't too expensive. The ideal places for us were thousands of dollars, and that was insane. So, yeah, finding a spot. That was by far the hardest. Okay. Yeah, the location worked out well with having, because we're above a parking garage that was free for the day, so able to just walk around the building to get to it was very convenient. And being right on the downtown mall. Exactly. The one thing that, you know, with this book fair, I mean, I, I sadly obviously was not there being, you know, in New Jersey, but the fact that you guys were able to do this with all that proper planning done is for someone who's gone to a number of conventions and those types of events, it's just honestly remarkable that you guys actually put that kind of thinking into it. And just because, you know, at a bunch of conventions that I've gone to, slightly larger scale, 
But if they're not, you know, I've got, you know, the ones that are generally in a straight hotel, like those kind of overnight ones, those ones work out decently. But for the ones that aren't in a hotel, like they're just for a day or for a weekend where you're not staying there, there's so many of them are just, you know, especially the new ones, they just, they don't think through any of that. They just get the venue and they plan the venue. They don't give the people enough time to sign everything up. They don't really look around to see, all right, you know, how many people are we expecting? Is there enough parking for all these people? I've been to a number of them in New Jersey uh, over the past couple of years. And it's just really, really small things where they might be near a parking lot that has like 50 or 60 parking spots. But it's also planned like on a Saturday. So that parking lot and everything nearby is full of people who are going to be going shopping in the town, you know. So Mm -hmm. it just throws off everything for everyone who you're trying to come in. It's like, oh, there's nothing, no place to park for three miles. And I'm not going to walk, so I'm not going to bother going. So, you know, you guys did your homework on this one and looks like it paid off. I think to a large extent it did. You know, I think what we learned, the problems that we had, I think, were getting the word out on the downtown mall itself. And I think what we would do better next year is um, rearrange the money we spent in advertising. Social media is great because it's free. You know, you just throw something up on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But we did put an ad in the local newspaper, and I'm not sure that that really brought anybody in. But I think what we would have done in retrospect is put more ads on the downtown mall, physical billboards. But the problem with that is that, first, I had no idea if the weather would be any good. And if it's raining, then the... You know, you don't want to put things up and they just get destroyed. And so, you know, it's a learning process. Well, one idea you could do there, and it's something we're doing right now with, we just launched our Give a Book campaign with Walls of Books in Washington, D.C. this past week. We got for them a banner that says this holiday season, give a book and the name of the bookstore on it. I made sure not to put a date on it Ah. so that we could use that year after year. And what yeah. you could do is just get a banner from Vistaprint or any local company that's outdoor rated and double-sided or whatnot and just string that up across the mall with an arrow pointing it. Don't put the date. Don't put the name of the location even. Just put Charlottesville yeah. Book Festival. And then yes. you can put it outside on the mall, like strung between street lamps, pointing at the location. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that is exactly the sort of thing that we're going to look for next year and gee whiz i sure would love a volunteer who knows something about that to help us (laughs) (laughs) i'll look into it for you (laughs) i'll also recommend the two things that i have seen that are still quite effective the radio advertisements if you have the budget that can get you a couple good radio adverts yeah. I've seen radio still works. I mean, I know radio costs money, but you know, so I'm saying if you have that funding, yeah. that could be useful. The other one I found is when you use the, you know, paper flyers, or you if you make this banner and those kind of things, if you put something on there that encourages people 
to take a picture of it with their smartphone devices or their oh. tablets or whatever they happen to have. You know, the one I talked to my job about was if you have people, you know, because we have a lot of community events that we plan out, but, you know, where it's like 5 or $10 per car load to get in, huh? where it's like, all right, if you present a picture on your phone of this, you know, one car gets in free for the price, full price of one car. Oh, or, yeah. And so people have the image on their phone saved. Yeah. And they are able to take yeah. it and expand upon it. And they're all of a sudden like it's in their phone. They can share it around on social media on their own. And rather than trusting people to share your thing, you're now going to build it off of everyone else's thing. Cause you know, everyone has an Instagram, everyone has a Facebook account, everyone has a Twitter account. Mm-hmm. And if they blast it on theirs, trying to target their friends, you're getting all that free, you know, online digital marketing done That's for right. you. You know, so that's that's my thing. I recommend it's it's been used a couple times by us. I don't have enough data to see if it was been effective or not, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Because one thing I yeah. think that we we wanted is that even if people didn't buy the book there at the fair, they've seen it and they right. might buy it. You know, I don't care if they buy it online or from me in person or at a bookstore or whatever. What's the saying? You have to tell something to someone seven times before it sinks in. And this is this is another time they get to see it and talk to the author or whatever. I really, I had a great time. I spent, I think, more time away from my table where I should have been selling Kingsley and and the hair than I did at my table because I was running around and everything. But but I, but I had a blast. <laughs> I sent out afterwards a questionnaire asking people what they liked, what they didn't like. And I think most people, you know, definitely feel like they want to do it again, which is a good sign. Yeah, that's the feedback I was getting from people on the day. Everyone seemed happy with it. They were just, it was all little things and for improvement or, you know, little things to consider. But yeah, the, Yeah. the, the mood of the group was very good, though. It was, and um, one thing, we called it a book fair, uh, not just a book sale, and I, this year we only had children's authors reading because we didn't know how the room was, uh, how conducive it was going to be for authors to talk to, you know, to do readings, but next year I think what, what I would like to do is have all a whole range of authors bring their fans in and do small readings or, or even classes or whatever, just something, a little small group over to the side, just to bring in fans and have have something every half an hour, bump, 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 either uh, reading or story time or some music or event. So there's just always something going on, not yeah. just, you know, walking around looking at tables. Because, uh, you know, people want something to do. This is the holidays. They want this to be a fair in the truest sense of the word absolutely absolutely yeah we might be able to work with you on something like that maybe even do a live recording of the publish me podcast at the charlottesville book fair that would be fabulous i i I have i had a friend take a bunch of pictures you know it said take a bunch of pictures and everybody's sending me pictures but nothing quite beats a lot yeah i would love that yeah i know we could do it almost like telethon style where we'd have you know 
different vignettes where we record for like 15, 20 minutes every hour with a different person yeah. tabling at the thing. I know uh, my very first book festival I ever did was in Pittsburgh at the Heinz History Center. Oh. It was, or it was organized by a friend of mine who was working there in public programs, and she was able to get me in. And the director of the center was actually going around with a camera crew interviewing every single participant. Yes, and, wow. And then they posted all those videos up on YouTube. And yeah. I thought that was one of the first things I used for help promoting my first book was having that video. Exactly, exactly. Um, that is, forget about the banner. You work on that when that's next book fair. That's what I want you to do, you know. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on the banner because um, I have to have someone local work on the banner because we have to get permission from the city for all that sort of stuff. Anything yeah. that's wrong on the mall has to get permission from the city. And, you know, that's one thing I just sort of ran. I was, I just became exhausted and I was like, I can't do one more thing. So I didn't. You know, I just couldn't contact the city. And I was working with someone who was a wonderful partner in this. And her husband became quite ill uh, unexpectedly. And so all of a sudden, I was doing everything. So <laughs> it was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> this is all I can do. Well, <laughs> I can tell you, off. so much about it worked well. I mean, the bands were great. <laughs> uh, and of course, we were, I was right front and center for them. You were. You were. And that was a lot of fun. And I... And we had food, and I think that that's another thing I would delegate to someone else because I don't know what people like. <laughs> I just bought cheese and muffins or something like that. Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of carbs, but, you know, I could deal. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly, exactly. You know, so, so um, but, you know, the downtown mall has so many great restaurants that you don't really want to compete with that too much. But one thing I learned for next year is I would really like to get the schedule of the pavilion, which is just a little ways down from Cityscape, that they have acts and, you know, they have big name stars go there, musical acts. And it would be really great if we could have the book fair on a day that a musical act is headlining at the pavilion later that same day. Oh, absolutely. Get people down and do a cross-promotional thing and tell people, hey, if you're coming to coming to town for this might as well come see us as well yeah exactly exactly and we, we i thought we were doing that a little bit they had uh, the downtown mall had an event a fundraiser for the people who were injured in the august 12th you know, event and so there was a, a fundraiser going on at the same time for that event and so i thought we were going to do some cross promotion but i think a lot of people, they had beer, and we didn't have beer. So, oh. you know, yeah, we had books, and they had beer. Who wins? You know, yeah. oh, well. <laughs> and that's another thing. If we wanted wine, we have to have somebody with an ABC license. Right. Take responsibility for that, you know, which is not something that the uh, Blue Ridge Writers Club, they didn't have an ABC license to, you know, supervise that. So. <laughs> yeah. And plus, yeah, if you have too much food, then you have the worries of people coming in just to grab food and then leave and not actually, you know, taking part in anything. That's true. I know one thing, though, until I didn't hear any complaints, even though I was right next to one of the bathrooms. That seemed to work out fine until the end of the fair. When it was teardown time, that's the only time a line started to form for the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. 
There, that's the only bad thing about that little spot is they, they only have the, the two bathrooms. And my ideal spot was at the Paramount, but it was wildly expensive. Oh, and I so can imagine. I, oh, oh, well, we're just, we just can't do that. Maybe in a few years um, when we become famous, we can do that. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, any place with a, na- a name like the Paramount, yeah, that that's probably going to yeah. You know, one of the authors, and you may have talked to her, Beth Taylor, who had the book A Slave in the White House, she had been on Jon Stewart. Oh, yeah. I, I have actually met her several times. Yeah. I, yeah. She, and I went up and talked to her because I had met her at the Library of Congress back when Slave in the White House came out. I got, I actually, I'm actually looking at the book on my shelf right now, signed by funny. her, bought at the library a week after she was on The Daily Show. How about that? How about that? But so, you know, we, we really had some very fine authors, you know, uh, company included. And uh, I'm really proud of who showed up. Yeah, it was a good mix. And I tried to, if if I didn't walk around talking to people, everybody came to me at some point. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I was selling, you know, book stands at a dollar a piece so that was a good incentive to come talk to me but (laughs) that was good that was good and one of the more fun things of the fair that I had was that uh, with pairing up people you know who was going to be sitting next to each other because I had a pretty good feel for most of these people and I thought oh this person will really like being next to this person so I purposely put you next to Ann Carley with Chanel books because she's brilliant you're brilliant and I thought oh you guys have got to talk thank you you're too kind (laughs) yeah yeah we definitely had a good conversation and uh the poets next to me uh, oh they they were a hoot (laughs) oh I bet I bet you know oh my goodness yes so yeah, I think that it, and, and I, I like the setting. We, we, the walls were covered with those uh, pictures of the birds, which I thought was pretty, you know, well, which which was pretty. They were yeah, lovely. Absolutely. Pretty pictures. Oh. Well, it was nice how it was shaped that we had that little space that you could have the story time in off to the side. And yeah. Yeah. I yeah think I think... Overall, it worked pretty well, so. Yeah, and, and I think next time we would probably maybe put the bands a little bit more central so that everybody could hear it. This first time, I really didn't know how loud it was going to be, if it was going to be overwhelming or not loud enough. You know, uh, like I said, this was our first time there at that space. So I, this was the, you know, my, my chance to see what it was like, whether it worked or not, all that. Well, I thought on that would be I having it right in the entrance. I mean, it was nice for us at the front because we could hear it. But I mean, there were a lot of people who came in and would just stop and listen, and were just stopping right at the front of the yes. fair. And yeah, having them in the back would have probably worked better, especially since there was that little bit of a stage set up there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And and live and learn live and learn so you know um next year is going to be even better so you know tell your authors to oh yeah ready you know (laughs) uh, i would do my best to make sure i'm not alone next next year (laughs) that's right it just we're just at that we we has hit a point where one person was able to make it to an event we had Friday night, but not Saturday. Other person just couldn't make the drive down to Charlottesville. And then a third person just suddenly was feeling ill and couldn't make the trip. 
Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so originally I was going to have at least three other people with me, and they all dropped out as uh, the day approached. But you know, I, I will I, try. And... Yes, that that would be, and you know, it's it. I learned that with um, we had four people sign up as volunteers for that day, and two of them had emergencies similar to what you're describing, and so we ended up with just two volunteers. And that was one thing I learned is to have twice as many volunteers on that day as I actually need. Absolutely. Yeah, if they all <laughs> show up, that's great. Then, you know. <laughs> that's right. But you'll, you'll put them to work somehow. <laughs> that's right. You know, I'll send them out on the mall and have them, you know, hand Absolutely. out. Yeah. Get them t-shirts running around going, hey! Yeah, books. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know a lot of people suggested sandwich boards, you know, that yep. walk up and down the mall. Yeah, I, I don't want to make this sound like there's always things that could improve. I've been to several, several book festivals now, ones that are absolutely incredibly organized down to the last T. Yeah. You know, telling you exactly where to park, when you're to pull up, unload, park, everything. And there's still little things that you could pick at and say, well, we should, you should do this next year. So yeah. it, I mean, it was an excellent fair. It went well. Every that came seemed to have a good time uh we had a good number of people coming through nothing is perfect and it's all it's an attempt to get toward perfection uh, whether right. any of us could actually reach it i doubt that's actually possible that's right it's just that like i say it's just an editing process we Absolutely. are always editing you know and you know thank goodness we get you get second tries in life thank goodness you know yes. we all need that so <laughs> And third tries and fourth tries and how many years, however many years we can keep this going. And one thing, you know, obviously I hope that it will keep going after I am no longer part of it. I right. hope somebody else takes up the mantle. So. Well, yeah, well, that's up to you to make sure that and you're doing next year or the year after or whichever, having some people around you that can help you and with the hope that one of them would be the person to take over in exactly. years to come. So. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we pretty much covered the things that what you know could have done better. I mean, is there any major regret that you have that we haven't already covered? You know, I I had some miscommunications with one of the advertising venues that I use that I would rather you know I don't want to name names or anything like this, but no. um, they there was just a miscommunication on some costs. So I think that I would be you know really more careful about getting that you know in writing sort of thing and also I was I was really disappointed since we did you know inform the local newspaper and I I informed the local television stations and everything that we didn't get any press there I was you know I really was disappointed that there wasn't an article in the newspaper the next day about us and I I don't know how to encourage that to get a, you know, a TV reporter down there or a newspaper reporter down there, but, you know, maybe after, maybe next year they'll come, but, you know, you can only beg so much. So. You, you should offer them a table. Or see if you can get some interest, some person that they would want to see or well, well, no, discuss. No, no specifically, yeah. I mean, I've been to a few festivals where they've had sponsorships, you know, tables for sponsors. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I was I was surprised I didn't see. Was there a table for the Blue Ridge Writers Club? The Blue no. Ridge. No, 
No, no, that's a good point. You know, we just put flyers out by the food. You know, yeah. didn't even, you know that's a good, very good point. Heck, well, the book, first book festival I went to for AS21, the Kensington Day of the Book in Kensington, Maryland, we were sitting between a Christian charity group and a guy selling gutters. Oh, isn't that well, interesting? So it's all, yeah. I mean, there, there's more than just books at a book festival. So that's true. I, I invite. I'm not sure what's the the daily newspaper in Charlottesville. Invite them to be a sponsor, and you know, get a table at the same rate you're charging authors, and they could ha- be there and trying to get people to subscribe. And that is a really good point. That that is so smart. See, I'm I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. So that's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, wow. it's great having a book fair where it's all writers and i've been to there's the western maryland independent literature festival that happened back in october we had to skip it this year unfortunately because there were two other things that day they are just publishers and everybody Uh that's tabling there is just publishers (laughs) but that's being run by a university uh english department so they could afford to cover all the costs now that you've run a successful fair, a full fair this year, and even the the smaller one last year, you could say, well, we had, you have a rough estimate of how many people came in. Yeah. Like, that's a volunteer job for next year. Somebody with the clicker counting each that's person who walks in the true. door. That's true. That's true. And then you can monetize that. You could say, we had this many people, this many pairs of eyes walking through our book festival. Smart. That is so smart. Yep, I I, re- I am literally taking notes. Good. <laughs> that is so smart. Well, you emailed asking for ideas, and I figured we were going to talk here, so I might as well just you know share all the good stuff for the listeners. <laughs> That's right. A- absolutely, absolutely. You know, because I had thought about asking sponsors for like food, you know, going to Wegmans or something like this, but I can't imagine that they would want or need a table. But you're right that. You know, like the Gately Progress, the local newspaper, they would want a table. Oh, yeah. Or just in-kind sponsorship. They put yeah. ads for your festival in their paper in exchange for their getting a table at your festival. Yeah. Or I get one of the restaurants to sponsor and they provide lunch for all of the participants. Yes. In yes. exchange for their logo or name or whatever being on the in the uh, program or on the banner or something. Okay, on banner. Yes, I'm writing this down. <laughs> well, no, not not on the banner that will go across the street. We'd want that just to be very clear and concise. Charlottesville Book Fair. <laughs> that's right. We want to use that over and over. That's yes. right. That those are expensive, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, great. That's great. Wonderful. Wonderful. And you know, and that's one thing is that in early next year, I do want to get. A group of people local, you know, and I'll certainly email you about information together who, who we, who are willing to to take on some of the tasks of contacting sponsors and things like this. So, yeah. so I hope I can get a, just a few volunteers okay. next uh, next winter. Well, early in the year. Well, I I tell you, I, I've been to bad book fairs. I've been to great book fairs. Yours uh-huh. was great. Oh, good. Thank you so much. And, but and if you want. <laughs> And if you really want an example of where you could be in five years, if you can make uh-huh. it up for the Gaithersburg Book Festival, Gaithersburg, Maryland, in May. Okay. That is the creme de la creme of book festivals in the D.C. area. 
they have eight author tents going on, a full children's area, rain or shine. They partner with the biggest bookstore in DC to do all of their sales for their wow. authors that are speaking. And, and that's great. And it's just, it's all outdoor and it's just an incredible event. If you get a chance to come to that one, I think that that's the one where you would definitely take, be able to take notes and get some great ideas and, or even just contact them and say, Hey, I'm doing this one down in Charlottesville. What, what can you tell me? What kind of that, advice? That is a great idea. You know, and one thing is, is the idea of getting a bookstore to, you know, to handle the sales. You know, help people who, who don't, they don't have credit cards, swipers, or anything like that. They don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I, when I went to that first one in Pittsburgh, God, that was 2010, seven years ago, for my first book. I didn't sell books at my table. I talked about my book, and then if they wanted to, they took a copy of my book and then went and checked out with it. And I had yeah. to, and I had to submit the books a week beforehand to get entered into their system. But they took care of all of my sales. Now, I, I have no problem with running sales myself because I have the setup for it, and several did. But I know some people had some network connectivity issues. But in the case of Gaithersburg, it's all their speakers. All the books of the speakers are run out of their central book sale tent. Yeah. But yeah, even having that where it's like everyone can just worry about, you know, making the pitch and then send them to a checkout would probably work yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, it's sometimes a buyer is a little shy coming to a table uh, and looking at a book. Because, you know, there's the author staring at them like, buy my book, give me your money, you know. And if they knew that, oh, I can just look at the book and then walk away or take it, but maybe change my mind or, yeah, you know, just uh, it would be a little bit easier, yes. Well, something to consider. Yes, absolutely. I just saw in the newspaper that the um, New Dominion yes. shop has a new owner, so, so they might be you know, more amenable amenable you know, to help it working with us. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh the the owner had passed away this past this year. So Yes, I know. It sort of was a shock to the community. She you know, just all of a sudden I, as far as I know she wasn't sick or anything. Right. So just really shocked. Yeah, we had that with a bookstore on Capitol Hill where the owner suddenly passed away and it took and the the store closed that week and didn't reopen for almost a year and he what he didn't work alone he had you know workers but it was the the shock of him gone and it took his family his uh, son and daughter to finally get it all back up and running almost a year later oh i believe it oh my goodness i mean any business you know is (laughs) it's hard to give it to someone else to run I mean, oh, you yeah. can imagine that, you know, with your business, if, if all of a sudden you weren't there, who could just take it over? Oh, it's really yeah. scary. No, this, this business is done if something happens to me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> not so. so much not having anyone to pick it up, but uh, no, no one would want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> all right, so... uh. Just since we have you on, do you want to talk about your new book, Terry and the Monster Beaters? Oh, sure. Well, it's a children's book. It's really sort of specifically for children who are either going into the hospital or who have a relative or a beloved friend who are going into the hospital because Terry um, is actually the son 
the sunshine and Terry gets sick and she has to go to this magic castle and and all this sort of stuff. But it really is a, the magic castle is loosely based on UVA hospital. Okay. <laughs> and it, it really is designed for that it's okay to be afraid that those scary monster beaters, they're the doctors. Um, mm. The monster is the illness, of course. And, and those monster beaters are wearing masks and they have all these weird machines and they say these weird, but they take off the masks and they're really nice people and all that, you know. So that's, it's a kind of a niche book, a niche market. But I think it's a great for anybody who has a, a young child who maybe is facing uh, you know, uh, going to the hospital. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, as an adult, I find going to the hospital scary. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to imagine how children feel. Absolutely. And you worked with an illustrator on that, uh, Pamela Evans, right? Yes, yes. And she was actually at the book fair. She is an illustrator. She's also a preschool. She's been a preschool teacher for years and years. And she's written a uh, the Parents Preschool Primer, and it's a fabulous book. Every parent and grandparent should have it about helping your child transition into and out of preschool, confronting problems, dealing with any issues. And also, she's a fabulous artist, and so I was very, very happy that, that she, uh, she did the artwork. She's just wonderful. Oh, fantastic. And where can people get your book? Amazon is here. Both Gary and Kingsley are on Amazon. Kingsley is morphed over to Walmart, Barnes and Nobles, and all that sort of stuff too. But Gary is still just on Amazon. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much, Carolyn, for coming back on the show and talking about this. Uh, it, it is nice to be able to look at a book festival from the other side. Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I could talk. I I, I have on here talked about. Uh, 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 some of the other festivals we've been to and some of the things that have worked and not. So having the insight of somebody who's actually making it happen has been truly helpful. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I and I look forward to seeing you next year at the festival, if not, you know, before. Um, I mean, at the um, fair, not before. And happy holidays and stay warm. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, yes. We, we will. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Okay, thank you very much to Carolyn O'Neill for being the guest on this edition of the Publish Me Podcast, Chapter 33, Making a Book Fair. Paul, what did you think? I learned a lot, um, and I know she learned a lot. It was <laughs> fantastic. It worked out well. We all were able to give some good ideas, and I know I have to figure out a way to get down there with you guys at some, one of these days. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the one problem about us being so DC-focused and you being in New Jersey. All the fun stuff is going on down here, and you're just kind of watching from afar. I know. I'll figure it out one of these days. Yeah, we'll, we'll plan a weekend where you can come down, and we'll hit as many bookstores and events as possible. That'll so, be fun. That's yeah, this idea. absolutely. And, of course, in November... Hopefully, will be the next Charlottesville Book Festival. Maybe they'll take our advice on things. Maybe, maybe we'll be doing live recordings throughout the day with different people. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping it all works out for them. It would be great. I mean, sometimes I could just get the creative juices flowing and everything kind of just boom, 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 boom. That's kind of what happened when we were planning to give a book campaign. 
I just had an idea for three programs and fantastically they all just aligned perfectly. And that's what sometimes and, it's to be able to get all that stuff together like that. It's just yeah. sometimes yeah. it falls into place and it's just a wonderful thing when that happens. Well, one thing you find, we're going into our fourth year of operations now. I've met a lot of people, a lot of storytellers. And we have 15 AS21 creatives now, nine podcast series, five video series, 19 books available. And that's not even counting the upcoming Hive of Matter of Gravity or The Will of the Magi. And we'll have even more, more books coming out beyond that. We go to a minimum four or five book festivals a year. Plus, we're doing you know several events at our partner bookstores, Walls of Books in Washington, D.C., or Books and Other Found Things in Leesburg. And hopefully we'll have more partnering bookstores. I'm looking at Richmond right now, Stanton, other places around Virginia. We meet so many people that every once in a while things come together. Opportunities come forward. And if you could take advantage of them, or not necessarily take advantage of them, have the privilege of being able to be part of them, then it all just comes together so well. And that's what happened with the Charlottesville Book Fair. Carolyn reached out to us. We were more than happy to come on down. And I didn't have much input or thoughts when planning it because this I... Well, for one, I didn't, being the one person from way, way out of town versus the others taking part, I didn't want to, you know, have any major impact because I didn't want to seem like I was overstepping my boundaries. Right. But now that I've been down there and I've met all those great people and we've connected and talked, now we can take a step back and look at the whole thing and say, what can we do better? And hopefully... For our, through our discussion today, we can put on a better event. And like I said, not that it was a bad event. It was a great event. But there's always room for improvement. Absolutely, always. I've been to three Gaithersburg Book Festivals now. And they've all looked the same, but there have been improvements each year on things that have gone wrong. Right. And you hope that there will be continued growth going on like the first time we went to the kensington day of the book we just got a little table and we were scrunched in between a new author a charity group and a guy selling gutters the following year we had our own tent and i made sure we had plenty of seating but i didn't have enough tablecloths so the next year i went back we had plenty of tablecloths we had banners we had everything we did better we did better as exhibitors the festivals do better in organizing and planning and working with not only the exhibitors, but the general public. So that's sure. was the key thing for Carolyn to take away was improving, connecting to the general public. And mm-hmm. hopefully in order, having been able to bring on more sponsors like the local newspaper, like a local restaurant, they could make it an even better experience for everyone involved. Which just benefits everyone in the long run, which is the key thing there. Absolutely, because you make it an event. You make it something that people look forward to. I mean, everyone looks forward to Gaithersburg. They look forward to Kensington. They look forward to the festival of the book in March. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's the key. So, 
but it, it was very it's very interesting to be able to get a look behind the scenes like we did so thank you again to carolyn for not only letting us take part but for being a guest again and help giving us this insight that was absolutely wonderful for i truly enjoyed hearing about all that all right paul what else are you other than writing what are you doing for the rest of december I think there might be a holiday or two coming up. Yeah, there's a holiday or two coming up, and I'll be spent with family. I'm going to be working on this book. Um, I'm going to be working on a, a list of some contests and anthologies I've run across in my uh, online searches. A lot of them have expired, but I'm going to start compiling the ideas there and start putting those things together just for my own amusement. Mm-hmm. I also have some notebooks to start compiling for some other works I'm working on. So it's just, you know, I'm just going gung ho for all the month of December. So full speed ahead. How about you? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I hope to at some point do some writing now that I finally cleared that block on that bit of trivia on for want of a nickel. Plus I've been really wanting to get into my story. Well, I've got, three other books that I was I'm kind of working on uh 21st century content taking control and a CDE guide to losing weight and the other millennial rose story how to fold towels hopefully I'll find some time this month to write something for any of that but we'll see sometimes I just need the internet to go down and then I can write that's that's how I was able to get the one little bit that I've written of taking control done so far. The piece that appeared in the AS21 annual. But then I got the holidays. And of course, we've got the Give a Book campaign. So I will be at Walls of Books on the 8th for open Poetry Open Mic. On the 15th for the panel discussion on World War One stories. And on the 22nd for Sci-Fi Night. And I already said it at the launch on the 1st. If they're not sick of me by the 22nd, who knows? Maybe we'll squeeze in another event on the 29th. I'm not sure That's, what. That's like a small pack month to me. I like the sound of all this. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the, the game night went so well that we're talking about making that a monthly thing. Whether or not I'll be there for each time. It's up to them, but we bought a couple games and left them with them. So they are, I told them, you're more than welcome to break these out whenever you want to do a game night. It'll just be sponsored by AS21 Media. So Nice, nice. All right, sir. Well, that sounds like a packed month for all of us, and we're all going to have a blast doing it. Yes, absolutely. And thank you to Karen O'Neill once again for being our guest. Thank you for uh, and, and also the sponsor for today's episode with her new book, Terry and the Monster Beaters, written by Karen O'Neill, illustrated by Pamela Evans. Thank you for listening to this chapter 33 of the Publish Me podcast. And remember, you can reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash publish podcast, on Twitter at publish podcast, or email us, publish podcast at aois21.com, as twenty one. You can find us on Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or our home on the web, audio.as21.com. I'm your host, Keith F. Shelton. And as always, this is Paul Dickinson-Russell. Remember, everyone, where there are thoughts and ideas, there are stories. We'll see you next month. Copyright 2017, AS21 Media, LLC. All rights reserved. AS21 Media. What do you want your story to be?